0: It's over, Jarek! Shinnok is dead. The good guys won. You're coming back with me.
1: Never, Sonya! I agreed to help defeat Shinnok, not turn myself into the special forces! The Black Dragon live on!
0: The Black Dragon died with Kano. You're the last one, Jarek!
2: Never!
0: Come in, Major Briggs. This is Lieutenant Sonya Blade. What?
2: Sonia, this is Major Briggs. Come in. Sonia, this is Jax. Are you there? So-
1: <laughs> going somewhere, Jarek? Jax, I thought you were going to. Thought I was what? Dead? Like my partner just tossed off the cliff? I'm I'm sorry, Jax. Please, don't drop me. Wait, I I promise. Too late, Jarek. You can't drop me. You have to uphold the law. You have to arrest me. Wait, wait. This is brutality. You can't do it. Wrong, Jarek. This is not a brutality. This is a fatality.
3: Hey there, welcome to the show. My name is Andy Last, and this is Beyond Synth, the show where I interview and chat with people who make cool music. And today on the show is a young gentleman by the name of Swagbot, a fellow Canadian. So if you guys enjoy Canadian accents, you will enjoy this episode. And if you don't, I've got some other accents for you, because... I wanted to fill up some time, it was sort of a short episode, and so I wanted to do some catch-ups with some people. I didn't have any questions, so this is sort of (laughs) freeform nonsense. So before we get to Swagbot, I'm gonna catch up with Paul Daly. Has a little uh, Facebook post he does uh, called 100 Followers or Less, where he uh, focuses on artists and producers who make cool music but maybe don't have the exposure that uh, that maybe they deserve. And so he does posts about them as well as uh, features on Synthwave Sunday with a little feature on on that as well. So I'm going to go talk to him, and then when I'm done talking to him, I'm going to talk to Sam Hagueblood and Joanna whose last name I learned how to pronounce in this episode, but I forgot when it came time for me to record this intro. So enjoy that. I am now joined by Paul Daly a.k.a. Dress to Kill, a.k.a. Jace Stryker. Oh my god, I can't believe you mentioned it. Also, the dude who uh, writes the 100 followers or less, you call that a blog? What do you call that?
1: It's a Facebook post?
3: Now, was not there some, like, ironic thing that just happened, right? Like, did you get your, you got your 100 followers?
1: I did. I got my 100 uh, likes on Facebook, and I have over 100 followers on a uh, 100 followers or less SoundCloud. So, quite ironic.
3: So what does that mean then? Is it done?
1: It's going to go even further. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, I won't rest until that has more followers than anyone else I feature. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so tell me about yourself. This is actually the first time we've ever talked. Uh, so we've uh, got to know each other for about three minutes before recording this. So uh, <laughs> what 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 do you like to do?
1: I'm only 21, so obviously I'm one of the younglings in the group of synthetics.
3: So I do that same thing. This episode's with Swagbot. He's uh, 23, so it's a it's a young guns episode.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So what prompted the whole uh, 100 followers or less thing?
1: Uh, pretty much just being on synthetics and then just seeing like a bunch of artists who obviously aren't getting like, I don't want to say exposure because that seems like people are getting exposure, which they're not, but <laughs> <laughs> they're not. Uh, I don't know. I saw like the Corey, like flashback Friday film and I saw like how many people like that and I'm like, Oh, I kind of want to do something along the lines of that. Have like a weekly post on synthetics that people can look forward to and shit. And then I wanted to do something that was more kind of oriented towards music and stuff. So... Bounced it around at uh, KFDDA and a few friends I have, and then we eventually settled on uh, like 250 followers or less and 250 plays or less. Then I threw it to Rick, and then Rick was like, nah, you should just do 100 followers or less, since a lot of people I already feature on the Weekend Update already have like under 250 followers and shit and even under 100 followers so
3: Rick's last name is Shithouse I think it's a ripoff of Millhouse. I'm not sure what it is actually I've never asked him
1: that's a good question I wonder where he really got it from and how long he's
3: had it we should continue just to talk about this for a couple minutes oh we should okay so what's your criteria then like are you just looking for people who just generally just don't have the follows or are you actually going like I really like this music
1: Uh well yeah there's a couple of things that go into it obviously it's uh they gotta have under 100 followers there's a uh, Uh, been the few occasions where i posted someone who just gets over 100 followers but it's usually within like the weekend or something like that like i was already gonna spotlight them and already wrote stuff about them and then come to find out they have like 101 followers and i'm just like well fuck it
3: (laughs) is is anyone that pedantic about the blog like he's got 101 followers motherfucker or you got (laughs) you got to go back and retroactively uh delete all your blog posts every time oh, right. the artist actually gets popular
1: and no one reads it enough to care enough <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i just kind of go based off of whether or not i like the music because there has been people who've been recommended to me who like i also look to see if they have enough tracks because i don't want to recommend someone who has like under 100 followers and only has like one song out or at least has been recently active because i don't want to recommend somebody who's not going to clearly be making music anytime soon and shit but uh yeah i just don't have to really like enjoy the music obviously because then i just can't write about it it just seems weird
3: i saw a picture of you atop some arcade machines
1: <laughs> oh yes the classy uh perturbator pics yeah 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 <laughs> that was my idea pretty much i saw like the old pictures of perturbator where he's at the arcade i think with his girlfriend or whatever and i used to laugh at them a lot because i thought they were really funny and i'm like god damn it this kid's so 80s So, uh, I made it my goal to kind of like replicate those pictures and then just be like a joke and have like a side-by-side comparison. And then uh, I didn't know that actually he would end up seeing them and shit. Because I'm like, when I came up with the idea, it was even before I was on synthetics and shit.
3: Where's that arcade? It looked uh, like a a well-stocked arcade. Unless they were fake.
1: Oh, no, no. No, It's not. It's not fake <laughs> it's actually a really cool arcade it was like it's like 20 minutes away from me it's this amusement park that only has like one roller coaster and then a huge miniature golf course and shit like that if you live in phoenix pretty much you know about it and shit the big main attraction to it to us is just basically there's this one giant building that's a castle and inside it's just a two-story floor building of like just arcade games and shit shitload of pinball machines bunch of fucking new games bunch of like old 80s games and stuff but it sucks because they kind of got rid of a lot of their good, like, 90s beat-em-ups and shit. Mm. They don't have Simpsons anymore. They don't have Turtles in Time. They Why don't would they be up.
3: getting rid of arcade machines if it's, like, two stories?
1: Like I don't really know. They, like, try to, like, put in new games and shit like that. But, like, the upstairs is starting to get a little barren because they've gotten rid of some of the arcade like machines, like I said. But I also think that that place is going to close down eventually because no one's ever there. It's
3: fucking political, man. Shit going on behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: They're not okay with arcades because they know that kids just sell drugs there.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're going to sell drugs anywhere, man.
1: But, dude, don't you want to do it out of an arcade? (laughs) Is
3: that that the dream now? That's the dream.
1: The dream is to be the kid from Robocop 2 who sells nuke out of an arcade.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'd rather just be the robot that needs nuke to live. That's my favorite thing about that movie. I love, you know when there's like certain movies and you really like think about the plot for a second and go like, how the hell was that the plot of like a Hollywood film? Like... (laughs) (laughs) There's a robot that needs drugs to to live. It's awesome. (laughs) Drugs in a giant canister and it has a little door that opens up on his chest with a little train thing to like (laughs) bring the canister of drugs inside. (laughs) Uh, Robocop.
1: Absolutely classic, except for the third one.
3: Yeah, well the third one's a piece of shit. You do a little segment on Marco's show, right? The the weekly.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do the 100 followers or less slash picking album of the week slash kind of just picking random tracks to play.
3: How long does it take you to prep that?
1: It's usually just throughout the week. I'll just find tracks that I like and then I'll just be like, hey, let's listen to this. And then the album of the week, usually he picks it out and then I'll just pick a song from it. But I sometimes
3: get input. Not always. Do you want people to call you Jace Stryker now?
1: No, that was just a joke because I was trying to change my Tinder profile. So that way I said Jace and my Tinder profile is like hilarious now.
3: Hold on, what's a Tinder profile? Now I feel like an old man.
1: Oh, you should. Uh, you're not aware of GPS dating.
3: Oh man, fuck, I feel like your dad.
1: Yeah, you should. Right
3: right before we did the interview, your dad's trying to figure out his iPad and I don't know what the hell Tinder is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Tinder's like uh, a dating site basically, like uh, OkCupid and shit like that. Like you make a profile obviously. It works like Facebook and shit like that, but it's for dating. So, how it works is you set your area up and it's like, okay, so I want women within, it can go up to 100 miles. I'll put like 50 or something like that. And then you can put ages, which is 18 to 50. So, hmm. I just kept it at all at the max too.
3: <laughs> and uh, what are you, Vincenzo Salvia? What is this? <laughs>
1: Oh, of course. Uh, I'm going further than Salvia. and going for the (laughs) gills. So we'll find people who are on the app within, like, the range of your area, and then it will match you up with them, and it just gives you two options. Whether you like this person or whether you dislike this person. And basically just saying that is, oh, I find this person cute or I don't find this person cute.
3: So do you post one of those pictures with you, like, in the short shorts then?
1: If you want, I can read my Tinder profile.
3: (laughs) Yes, I want to know if I like you or not
1: Okay, Jace21 About Jace, Blaze420 Parkour, fuck yeah Deagles, praised eagle nation, Semper Fidels United States Matrine Spec Ops, tequila, I live to Blaze420 I live to game And I live to chill with my friends I created this nation and it's up to you to game in it Check out my realistic war novel Tiberius Rising on (laughs) Bootsie.com Based on me, Corporal Striker People like me for some reason
3: I'm going to do a quick catch-up with uh, Sam Hogblad. Oh, really? <laughs> and his lovely girlfriend, uh, Johanna. I don't know how to say her last name. I'm going to now switch from you to them. So what's, so what's something that I should ask them? Do you like being put on the spot? Oh, no, totally. I'm terrible with coming up with questions.
1: <laughs> I don't even know how you would pronounce her last name.
3: I feel like it's going to be like Yiligren or something. Lee. Is that your question? <laughs> <laughs> My question is Lee.
1: How many Blazers does Sam Hagblad
3: own? How many Blazers? I'm gonna write that down.
1: Oh, actually, no. Ask how many Blazers they own through between the two of them. That's an even better question.
3: Ah. Paul Daly asks, "How many Blazers <laughs> do you own between the two of you?" All right, man. Well, you've a you've a lovely afternoon. I was gonna say you as well, Andy. Take it easy. Yeah, you too, buddy. Later, dude all right and that was paul daly also known as jace Stryker, on some sort of gps dating website you'd think i'd remember what it was because that just happened but i don't anyways hope you like that and now here is a little quick catch up with sam Hagblad and johanna whose last name we will learn how to pronounce now I am now joined by Sam Higblood, right? <laughs> That's right. Hi, Andy. And uh, Joanna, I don't know how to say your last name. How do you say it? Liljegren. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try. try? Okay, so Lilje Green.
1: Uh, almost, but it's okay.
3: <laughs> do you, no, say it again. I, I, I want to get this right. We'll spend <laughs> all the time on this.
1: Liljegren. Green.
3: Lilje Green. <laughs> Grian Grian Lilia yeah, Grian but... Lilia Grian
4: Yeah! Good!
3: L- Lilia Grian
4: Good,
0: Andy H- blood
3: <laughs> Yeah <laughs> All right You got it down, man Here's a question I came up with all by myself How many blazers do you guys own between the two of you?
0: Well, I think I have like somewhere around 10, 15, maybe You're kidding, right? No, I'm <laughs> Totally serious.
4: Hey, you're worse than a girl. I only have two.
0: <laughs> so how are
3: you guys doing, man? What's the weather like?
4: Rainy. It's awful here.
3: Well, out here it's pretty nice, actually. How far away are you guys from each other right now?
2: Let's see. <laughs> like
0: three, four miles. I mean, Swedish miles.
2: <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not actually sure.
0: <laughs> what, what, what is a Swedish mile? It's different. You know, it's
3: kilometers and stuff. It's not like your crazy shit over there. Remember, I'm Canadian, so we're metric.
0: Yeah, that's good. Then you (laughs) you know what I'm talking about.
3: No, actually, what we do in Canada is we measure in Swedish miles. (laughs) So, Sam, last time I talked to you, we were talking about the album. Yes. We touched briefly on Underlauncher. How's that coming?
0: That is coming pretty good, actually. We have finished recording every... Like every voice role or actor. Also the narration. And now we are putting it all together. And then uh, we will have to send it to all the producers out there to make the music.
3: Do you have like a target release date for this thing or is just sort of like whenever it happens?
0: Yeah, whenever. We, I think we more feel like it's going to be that good and just stress it and set a date, you know. So when it's right, it will come out and blow everyone's mind. <laughs> 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 so who is all involved in Underlauncher? Like that's a huge thing, right? Oh, that's a long list, man. The biggest one who is involved in it right now is uh, Dan Minton from uh, Laserspec Records over in, in Britain. He's the one that's like producing the whole thing. And from there we have like a bunch of voice actors, Joanna as well, actually. Mm. And then uh, we have like a list of 15 to 20 artists that has jumped the project already. And this is everyone from like Arc Neon, Protector 101, BLS, HS, Batch Sound probably missing some some ones out there but but a, a lot of artists who came up with the idea I think I did basically it, it was like just a noir, futures sci-fi book i just wrote i had been watching like too much blade runner and stuff
3: yeah yeah, yeah. On the <laughs>
0: and we, and just like we shit we need more stuff like this and i started writing and like having a good process with some booze and stuff <laughs> writing yeah. off you know <laughs> and then i like presented like the first chapter i think to to rick shitas in the synthetics blog and he really liked it so i got more confident from there Mm -hmm. and i think from the beginning i had some idea of making music myself because that's what i really are a musician you know pretty soon the idea grew and yeah it would be cool like have all these other great people in you know and make something really big yeah yeah so i think that was the start and then everybody has just been Superb, coming to me and like offering stuff and yeah, just being great.
3: How do you uh, suppose you'd say shit house in Swedish?
0: Skithus. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> que- <laughs> <laughs> Qu- okay, queer Skit. Yeah, it's it's like uh, it's exactly it's a skjul, so it'd be ski 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 skit skit hus hus
3: hus. Yeah, there you go. Jultampen skit hus. <laughs> yeah. I like using this opportunity to learn things. Yeah, we can have another Swedish should. lesson here. <laughs> Although I think I've already forgotten how to say, uh, Lili... Lili Goyen. No, Lili... G- I-, <laughs> I forgot. Because our only exposure really to what Swedish sounds like is there's a Muppet character. <laughs>
0: I know what you're going to say that. Called yeah. Swedish
3: Chef. So, like, does that, is that what like Swedish actually sounds like? Because I don't think I've ever heard it like just spoken in a sentence. Like, say something. Like, just say a
0: thing. <laughs> so now we are like both talking Swedish here. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah man that was actually very good what does that mean yeah man means like of course yes yeah yeah man like <laughs> thompson yeah yeah man <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when i do an
3: interview that's not planned <laughs> very very good though. So how does it work, the actual process of when you guys make music together? Like, are you, Sam, coming up with the tunes and stuff, and then Johanna adds just, like, the vocal? Or are you guys both involved in the process of, like, writing
0: the music? Depends, I think. I mean, if I come up with a song, then Johanna helps me with it as much as she can. And, of course, the same way way around if she comes up with it. So I would say we we pretty much do it both. Yeah. We have our areas, like, I'm not a singer. So, of course, Johanna will will write most of the vocal stuff and, like, correct me when I'm doing crazy shit.
3: (laughs) So... You've got like uh, this crazy mullet going on now. Can you go to the hairstylist and ask for that? Do they even allow it, or do you have to get like Joanna to cut your hair? I've actually done it myself.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course. Cut himself. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think you could just go there and say like, "I want a mullet," or you know, you had to have a picture. They would, they wouldn't understand today <laughs> i've actually done that a million of times before not when i was doing this pop 80s thing but 80s hair metal stuff mm-hmm. when i had this like long and crazy tina turner haircut stuff you know <laughs> <laughs> then i actually like took pictures with me and said ah you see like this this is this is what's happening when i'm <laughs> leaving here <laughs> otherwise <laughs> you know <laughs> once see one
3: time uh, i asked a hairdresser because I, I as a joke i walked in i just said like if i asked you to give me a ridiculous haircut, would you do it? And the lady said, no.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Like, like, like she had the responsibility or something. Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah, like I walk in, I said, like, if I asked you to just shave a stripe down the middle of my head, would you do it? And she's like, no. <laughs> That's it. That's my haircut story. <laughs> so Sam, you were you were telling me uh, or or hinting towards some sort of news regarding.
0: Uh... Yeah, like like our the name change. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. We wanted to be on an equal level. Tell, the truth. Stuff, so it's... <laughs> Tell <Yeah>. the
2: truth. Tell the
0: truth. It's always been my name up there, but I mean, Joanna does as much as I do, so I mean, she should be on there too. Right. It's actually simple as that. I think that's what we're going to settle for in the future as well. So
3: now it's going to be Sam Higblad. And is it and? Or is it like, or is it Sam and Joanna like writing in big letters? Or how do you, how do you, envision I don't think it? we
0: really. Really have exactly settled for what we want, but something in that style, yes. You're gonna have like oh, Sam
3: in really like... big letters, and Yoanna in really tiny letters at the bottom. <laughs>
0: no, after <laughs> arguments, it'd probably end up the other way.
3: In terms of the actual album, like I know we we touched on it briefly. Last time you were on the show, it was only for like about like four minutes or so. Yule Thompson took all the time. Yeah,
0: yeah. I say
3: it always does. Man, I love the word Yule Thompson. I love it.
4: <laughs> I knew it.
3: I don't have a word in my language that sounds like Yule Tompton. So like, it's just, there's something <laughs> so funny about it. So I guess I never got a chance to talk to to you, Joanna, about it. But like, what, what's your favorite track on it? Do you have a favorite track?
0: On the album? Yeah. I want to say the Calvert chat, but I
1: can't do it uh, because it's not an own track. <laughs> mm. I would say um,
2: Gotta Be Alright. That's my favorite track, I would say. Yeah.
3: Oh shit, yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I, I my phone was going off. Yeah. <laughs> I like oh. <laughs> Yeah you're r- wrong answer, Joanna.
0: <laughs> whenever whenever I go silent, that's just me. No, you fucked up. Nah, no, but yeah, it's a very funky cool track, so it's it's a good pick.
3: Joanna, you're doing some some sort of separate thing, right? Is that is that happening?
0: Yeah, um uh, I'm doing a vinyl project uh, with the Kimosolo from uh,
4: Flashback Records.
3: I don't even know what any of that means. I know what vinyl means. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Where shall I begin? Uh, Kimosolo uh, or
1: Flashback Records?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll well, take it both. I mean, he is the yeah, like the record boss of that record yeah. company, so yeah, it's a, it's a Talo label. Okay, which says well. So I'm doing the backing vocals on two tracks, which have its release in the midsummer, I think.
3: Yeah, guys. Well, I don't know. Is there anything? Uh, is there anything else that's cool that's happening? Well, maybe your blog, Joanna. So you've got like an '80s life blog or something, right? Something like that.
4: Uh, the idea came actually from sam of course but
0: nah, it... not the original idea that was nah, yours, not, but... not
1: the original idea but uh, it
2: started off <laughs> with the, when he told me like he's gonna start a fitness
1: vlog <laughs>
0: <laughs> i actually done some workouts today feeling
1: yeah
3: d- <laughs> so what's what stuff have you uh, written about
0: uh, have you
3: started yet or is it just like i'm gonna make a blog and then you haven't done anything no it's like
0: <laughs> the it's the second or third week i
3: think okay it?
0: we have uh, music reviews drink tip and uh, fashion tip of the week so
3: what's the drink tip
0: last week we had uh, blue lagoon
3: so it's not like a tip on like how to drink do you, like, warn people no, not no, to drink no, too no. much? It's nothing like. that. I,
0: I wouldn't be any good for that, I think. <laughs> uh...
3: Those are the kind of tips I like. Put the glass in front of your mouth. <laughs> tip the glass back so that the liquid goes in. <laughs> is your fitness thing actually for real, or is that... Yeah,
0: it's for real, but yes. it's not like,
3: always happening, you know? <laughs> right now, do you just, like, write on your blog, or do you want to have, like, pictures and stuff? Like, here's a funny makeup tip, and then actually, like, do it and show?
0: I want to have the... A... Makeup tip when I do the, do it, but I don't have the time right now.
3: <laughs> Why are you so busy? What's going on in your life?
1: <laughs> I'm working at the sushi bar.
3: Or are you like a waitress? Or are you a cook? Uh, no. Are you uh, a dishwasher?
1: No, 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 I'm not a chef. No Swedes can
3: do sushi. <laughs> <laughs> no, no Swedish chefs, you know. <laughs> I went out and got two hot dogs.
2: Yeah. I love hot dogs. Hot dogs
3: are great. Yeah. just make sure that are made by a Swedish chef, you know. So. No, they was made by some uh, Greek dude who owns like a little fry shack. And then as I was leaving with my two hot dogs, <laughs> this dude almost got hit by a car who was like riding a bike. Ooh. And then he's all like, fuck you, fuck <laughs> you, buddy. Like to the dude in the car and then the dude in the truck. Yeah. Sorry, it was a truck. Then the guy in the truck got out of his truck. He's like, fuck me. Fuck you. (laughs) You were driving on the wrong side of the road, man. You almost killed yourself. And I was like, (laughs) oh my God. Anyway, and then I was just just holding these hot dogs. I was like, I couldn't eat them yet because both my hands were full, you know? That is literally the best story I got for you. (laughs) 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 Anyways, guys, it was fun
0: talking to you. Yeah, you too, man.
2: Yeah, you too, man.
3: You have a lovely uh, Swedish-
0: Evening. Yeah, yeah, well you have to uh, have a great Canada one then. I will, man. It's gonna be cool. Nice. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: well that was fun. They're a uh, fun duo from Sweden. And now here is my conversation with Swagbot.
4: It's all good, man. I, like I said, I don't know, like, I got the patience of a monk, bro. I could just <laughs> sit here and just chill. Patience <laughs> of a monk. Yeah, dude. Let's fucking, uh, do it up
3: here. I'll do an official opening. Sounds good. I'm here today with Swagbot. Now, wait, what do you like to be called when you're not Swagbot? Because your Facebook is Troy Ounce, which is not your actual surname.
4: Yeah, that's kind of a name I've just, uh... Like, it's just kind of come about one of my good, uh, good homies and kind of uh, a DJ that I've looked up to for for quite some time who's just showed me uh, a lot of the ropes in the industry for, you know, over about five years. I met him ago and uh, he just kind of came up with that name for me because I've I've had a ton of different nicknames, a bunch of stupid ones. And uh, people could argue that's a stupid one, too, but I think it's pretty <laughs> cool because uh, Tro- Troy Ounce is actually how uh, they uh, weigh uh, gold is what I've been told. In a in a Troy ounce.
3: <laughs> and here I thought it was a weed thing.
4: Yeah, if you look it up on Google, it has something to do with gold. Like, they weigh it by the Troy ounce. Like, it's, <laughs> actual, uh, it's pretty funny, yeah. Like, I don't know if they still do that, but, it, like, my buddy, like, told me to look it up, and he was the one who came up with it. He's like, man, you should go by Troy ounce, because, like, I was doing some rapping and shit, too, for a little while. Mm. And uh, I actually released a couple mixtapes under Troy ounce. I don't know, like, Swagbot's just kind of a thing. I make music and like, Escape you know it's kind of like a release right and then uh troy ounce is just you know it's just who i am you know when i'm just chilling you know that's just me because you dj right like is that your primary thing yeah that's my line of work i'm uh i'm a dj in bars nightclubs i do do mobile work just keep grinding in in, uh, in that field and then you dj as troy ounce like that's what you're yeah that's pretty much what i do and then uh every once in a while like i'll get a promoter that reaches out and he'll be like hey man you know you want to come out and throw down his swag bot and like I'll I'll rip a full on like synthwave set like playing shit like Carpenter Brute and Ghost and shit like that and you know you name it John of the Shred I've dropped some John of the Shred uh like a set um Robots with Ray Guns is his stuff's like really poppy so, like, I've been playing his stuff for years at, like, mobile events too. So, you know, it's pretty fun. What is a, a mobile event? Well, a mobile event, it's kind of like, it's not like the kind of cool DJing. That, like, you know, you go there and you're able to be your artist kind of thing. Like, in a way, you can still be, uh, you know, you could be creative and do some mixing. But you're not there to for you. You're there for work. You're there for other people. Like, a mobile event, for example, I was doing a uh, a soccer tournament just a few weeks ago. And I do like pubs and stuff like that. And they don't necessarily want to hear like some bang and synth wave mm-hmm. being, being played. Like, you know, it's just like picture like going to the pub with your dad or something. You, know? you don't want to, <laughs> you know, where I'm really cool with it is a lot of people want to hear classics and like 80s classics and stuff. And you mix that in and, you know, it, it ends up being really fun. And there's one mobile. Well, it's not really mobile, but it, it came through the mobile industry as they they threw me in this one pub by my house. And they want me to just play, like, all, like, 80s rock, like, you know, every, every night. So it's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, Cause yeah. Because 80s is fucking sweet.
3: How does that work? Like, do you, do you just have a ton of shit on, like a hard drive that you that you like bring out or oh. do you, like if you know if they tell you you got to play like 80s rock and that's maybe not something you have in your folder like how does it how does the whole thing work
4: I've been in the mobile industry and the, like the like just for quite some time and I've just acquired a lot of music so I carry I I bring music with me just in case but most of the time like With the mobile thing, like, cause that's like my, just my work. Like, that's like my, my job. They take care of their staff and they'll, they'll send you out with music. And, and, uh, like, even at some of the places that, like, there's a residency at, the guy will go down there and he'll make sure everything's, uh, you know, the computers are loaded up with the right kind of, right kind of music. But it's, it's up to you to like be, you know, you have to have the music knowledge or else you could be uh, quite the train wreck. Wait, so are you like,
3: part of a team of djs like is there like the central dj hub that like sends djs about
4: well I, yeah it's weird like i'm just kind of my own dude and like they'll just like give me a shout and let me know like i'm doing a bunch of different things like i've i do my own little online radio show every day it's 24 7 i got a clothing line that i'm kicking off here and it's just like i'm just like i just chill here in my office and they'll they'll give me a shout or you know, someone will hit me up. It's like a weird way to live, but. <laughs> yeah, well, that's cool. I'm just kind of relying on the music. It's, it, you know, and I just, I don't know, just keep, keep trucking at it. So are you in
3: Vancouver? Like are you in BC or Alberta? I'm in Vancouver, like on the outskirts of Vancouver. Is that where you're from originally or?
4: No, I'm actually from Ottawa, but I, I was only there for like four years. And then I moved to Calgary, Alberta. And then I, I grew up there pretty much like till I was 21 and then, uh, I moved out here. Most of my memories are all in in Calgary, Alberta. Like, I I don't remember too much of Ottawa, but...
3: Did you move out to Vancouver for, like, the DJing?
4: Pretty much what happened was I was grinding really hard in Calgary and, like, in the mobile scene, like, like what I was talking about earlier... Like I I want to do DJing really really bad like not just for fun but like I just seen that as a line of work like when I was back in high school mm-hmm. like I just knew that like that was an industry and I learned about it and just meeting the right people in Calgary I was starting to play some of the like popular clubs in the city and and after a while I started to realize that you know it was kind of like I was just playing the same places after a while and fewer people were starting to come out because it was such a regular thing and I just, you know, I just felt like I really needed to go someplace else and at the at the time my father had actually moved away and my mom actually moved to Victoria so I was I was in Calgary for about a year alone and I was just thinking, you know what, man? I gotta, I gotta get out to the coast with my family because, you know, I felt like it was just gonna be the same thing forever if I just stayed there. I felt.
3: Now you said you moved out when you were 21, but you're still like a young dude, aren't you?
4: Yeah, I'm 23, but I like I moved out. Like I, I was only living uh, on my own for a year. Yeah, that was in Calgary. Wait a second. So <laughs> then I moved back here. <laughs> Hold
3: on. So did your your parents moved out and then you stayed? Like <laughs> the way you worded it is like your your parents went away and then you stayed home to...
4: Yeah, no, they got sick of me, yeah. man. Oh, I'm just- Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's really weird and it's what happened was my dad always wanted to retire on the coast. My family always wanted to get out, get away like out on the coast. Like my um my grandparents lived out on the coast here and we've always visited them like earlier on in in my childhood mm-hmm. and I could just tell that that was just their plan and then eventually it kind of just just happened like they my it was first my mom moved out here cuz like my parents divorced at an early age. She moved out to Victoria. She was the first one to go. And then shortly after, my dad went, and then I could have went. Like, it wasn't like I, I, you know, I wasn't allowed to go. or I just chose to stay because my whole – my life was in Calgary, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was – you know, it was all my friends. I was in a relationship at the time, and it was just – It seemed like the right thing to do, but like shortly after, I kind of kind of felt like it was, you know, I kind of needed to come out here.
3: Yeah, 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 for sure.
4: And and I don't I don't regret it one bit because you know I'm you know I've I've really established myself out here. And there's a lot of like I I almost gave up on making music as swagbot, and then I started when I moved out here, I started to get a shit ton of people showing enthusiasm in in the music, like through blogs or whatever, and you know all that stuff was just kind of more like fuel to just like keep. Keep going.
3: Yeah, my mom actually lives out in Vancouver.
4: That's kick-ass, yeah uh, Yeah,
3: my parents uh, yeah separated when I was young, and she, she went to Vancouver. So I've, I've been there several times, although I haven't been lately. Well, now that I have, like, a family and stuff, it's hard to go.
4: Oh, for sure, man, yeah. I could imagine.
3: I remember back in the day, because I... Uh, Live in a small town. So I remember every time I'd go to Vancouver, they used to have the Virgin Mega Store there. But this is like years ago. And it was a big deal because it was like this huge, you know, like. DVDs and music store. I don't even think they have Virgin Mega Stores anymore.
4: Yeah, I don't think they do, but that sounds, like, really cool. It was
3: a big deal at the time because they just had everything. It's basically, like, what HMV and shit is now, except it was, like, the one that they had in Vancouver was, it was huge. It was, like, a whole giant department store-sized thing, but it was all just music and movies and movie shit and stuff, and... What the hell street was that on?
4: Yeah, I still don't even know some like a lot of them. Like it's a big place to cover, yeah. man. Like I couldn't believe it. Like even even Calgary, like it, it's a pretty pretty big city. But like coming to like this area, like there's all these surrounding cities. Like it reminds me of LA. Like how there's you know all the little places around it. You know.
3: Everyone always uh, likes to make fun of my accent, even though I don't feel that I have a very strong one.
4: Yeah, you know what? It, like People say that I have an accent, too, and I, I don't even notice it.
3: Maybe we can have, like, an about-off. No kidding. How do you say
4: it? Um, I say about.
3: And I say about. So now we'll have a bunch of Americans saying that we just said it funny, even though it sounds okay.
4: You know what's <laughs> funny? Speaking of about, we used to call... like. <laughs> We used to call, we actually were, (laughs) we actually used to call a bout, like a fight. Like we'd be like, yo, bout, bout, you know, and it was just a funny thing. And we'd just bout. Yeah. I don't know. For some reason that made me think of it trippy. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about infinite universe. That's actually my first single, the first track that I like, I'd call a single of mine. Like even though I made seven songs before that, it was one, it was like one of the first songs that. I think I really started to find my sound. Going back and listening to it, there's so much stuff that I need, that needs to be done in it, but like the actual substance of it, I'm, I'm still to this day proud of.
3: The actual name Swagbot, I looked in Urban Dictionary, and I don't know if this is how you came up with it, unless it was also a weed thing, but Urban Dictionary defines a Swagbot as, someone who is nerdy but still has swag. When you look at them, you think they are cool, but secretly, they are incredibly intelligent.
4: Yeah, that's weird, because what happened was, it was actually a friend of mine who was calling me swag bot when I was uh, a bit younger. And I don't know, like, I did come across that later on because, like, I was, you know, just Googling myself and shit when I was bored a couple times, and I'd seen that shit. I'd said that on our dictionary, but I kind of laughed when i seen that, but it it was my friend that I got to give the credit to that came up with that name.
3: So just like Troy Troy Ounce, you mentioned that you had a bunch of like, sillier nicknames before?
4: Yeah, I had some real horrible ones. Like, the first one was Water Walker. Then it was uh, DJ Double Dubs, because what, <laughs> <I>, what I... I <laughs> know, oh, it's horrible, I like that man. one. It's... Can I have that one? <laughs> I want it. Yeah, what happened was the, the Double Dubs came from the Double W with Water Walker. <laughs> and I was like... I love the evolution of nicknames. So then it went from DJ Double Dubs, and then it went from St. Troy... Somehow, like, this guy I was working for called me St. Troy, and it was just bullshit because at the time I was just like such a bad kid, and I couldn't believe he called me St. Troy. But I just went with it because I thought, you know, it was just so silly. After that, it was, uh, hormones. I was in a hardstyle group, and it was spelled literally like, like, whore, like, as in, as in, like, a slut. Pardon my language. Mm. And <laughs> yeah,
3: we don't talk like this on this show.
4: Sorry, dude. Fucking rule number one. <laughs> So the group was called Hormones, and we thought that was pretty clever. It was me and my good buddy from uh, <laughs> we were in high school there.
3: Sorry, this is all awesome.
4: No, I love it, man. I love it. And then, uh, so, what,
3: so what was the music of Hormones?
4: Hard style, like real hard style trance, like with the cheesy uh, down pitch voice, like, Come with us through the universe. You know, like, it's just like that sensation black shit they play. Mm-hmm. Like in uh, at those big festivals, I don't know. It's wicked shit. Like I still love like music like Headhunters, Brennan Hart, and then after Hormones, that's when Swagbot hit because I was playing all this hard style, and like I was after a while, I just kind of wanted to chill out, and you know, that's when my 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 good buddy that I was mentioning earlier that that's like uh, you know a guy I've looked up to for for quite some time in the in the industry. He showed me new disco and showed me the synth wave kind of style, and it was at a time when the synth waves I could tell that it was still molding. Mm-hmm. Like, and it still is, you know, it's such a, a young thing, but this was 2008 or 9. Some of the really early stuff, like, uh what's that song? Star Velocity, I think it's called, by Millie. And it was, like, some of Future Cop, like, Future Cop was putting out some great stuff back then, too. Like, there still are, but mm-hmm. it was, like, right around that time, and then that's when, when I started hearing that, it, it totally just changed. That's when I, I started to go with Swagbot, because my, my buddy was calling me Swagbot, and I was just like, you know what, I'm going to roll with that as just an alias.
3: What was it about that music... Because you're like, you're a younger guy. I sort of had the same thing when I was talking to like Perturbator, because I think he's younger than you. You guys basically grew up after the whole like kind of 80s scene and all that stuff
4: totally yeah i was born in 1991 so
3: it makes sense that some of your musical influences or whatever like especially when it comes to like electronic music might be that sort of the trance or like the harder stuff that was sort of around maybe like when you were young yeah totally so what was it about it when you when you first heard like the new disco stuff and the retro wave kind of stuff that appealed to you
4: there came a time where i just kind of like, I don't want to sound negative by any way, but I just kind of got sick of, like, the, the way songs were, were produced, like, in the stuff I was listening to. Like, I knew that I needed something different, and just when I heard uh, New Disco, like, it just felt, like, really... I just always loved, like, stuff like Michael Jackson, and for some reason, it kind of just brought back that vibe, and it was just fresh and free, you know? Mm. Like, one of the bands that was really getting me um, pumped up, you know, is uh, Oliver's was releasing some good stuff. There's just so many things in it that got me pumped up. Something about the 80s I don't know I like the 80s
3: if, yeah for me, I think it's mostly to do with like the melody kind of stuff because I mean I was having um, a talk with somebody else about how during the 90s when I was like in high school, there wasn't really the sort of electronic music that I liked. And so I ended up listening to things like, you know, trance and stuff because that still had kind of like melody in it, but it was like, you know, like techno music. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can understand like burning out very easily on that type of music because it it really follows like a very strict formula. Yeah, totally. A lot of the genres, they just simply define them by like, they've got different beats. I always noticed that like when people started getting into house and stuff and uh, jungle
4: oh yeah i love I love jungle
3: towards the end of high school, yeah, with like people taking e and shit, and I just remember it was like, well, it's just electronic music except the beat was that do 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 like that kind of thing, yeah. There was just a formula, and it was it was very easy. If people were making fun of the music I was listening to, it was sort of like, yeah, you're not wrong. Like it, it does, you know, it does this, and then does this, and then there's a build up, and there's like some dance music stations in Toronto, and you can, you know, when you hear all the top ten back to back, when when it starts to go like, oh wow, this is like all the same song.
4: I know exactly what I mean, and you know what happened was I was starting to crave the sound of organic instruments, and like, because uh, I played in a band when I was young. And I think what, what had happened was I was kind of getting sick of the sound of like perfect, like being things being perfect. I was listening to Anorak, was one of the first uh, groups uh, that my my friend got me into that was like doing the, the 80s new disco kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was the song Sunday Night Fever. You know, the chords were just so warm and the way that the song just kind of progressed. Like it could have just been one guy on a computer, but he made it sound like there was, you know, four people in there and like there was four unique people each playing different instruments, making the art, and I don't know. That's just the the vibe I feel with synthwave. Like synthwave is kind of like you could be a one person band. Like I don't like people considering swagbot like EDM. People think of me as a band, and like even you know you listen to John of the Shred. Like I listen to that. I don't think of some guy just using a CDJ. Like I picture a band and stuff. Like even though it could just be you know all made on FL. Like I think that's the real special element in in this music is the the organicness of it like that's what that got me really into this this kind of music and that's what still drives me through it
3: it's a good point you sort of made about the perfect aspect because yeah when when with a lot of like the stuff and like the trance and shit i I always just say trance that's my like go-to techno word (laughs) yeah but uh, that's but it's uh it is all very clean and i think i think i was talking to i think was maybe droid bishop about it but just that idea that like the synth wave stuff doesn't have to have like a high fi quality, like you can have like kind of lo-fi wow. sounds, things can be kind of totally. rough, you know, you can play synths where it doesn't have to be like quantized notes or whatever, where everything like just hits perfectly, like you still can have that natural sound of like playing a keyboard, and there is something about it that that makes it feel more real, even though ironically, like it is all electronic, but... Yeah. I get upset because I used to know people who were really, like, particular about, like, who didn't like electronic music as if it was, like, false. You you know what I mean? Like, oh, if it's played with with keyboards, it's like it's not real, and to me... Yeah, I still
4: know a few of those people.
3: I always find that argument so annoying because I just... To me, it's always been about, like, melody, and, like, no matter what instruments create it, I think it's okay.
4: Straight up. I agree with that 100%, man.
3: You know, like, I'll listen to chip tunes and video game music. I mean, I grew up on video game music, so it doesn't matter to me that the fucking sounds are tinny, weird beeps and shit. Like, it,
4: <laughs> No shit, if the, man. If the
3: tune is cool, I'm, I'm down. It's snobbery, I think. It's just, when people are fucking snobs, it's the same with, like, movie snobs and stuff.
4: Some people are really picky, I guess, when it comes to music, but, you know, and- I think everyone just needs to listen to stuff with an open mind. If you don't like it, you don't like it, I guess.
3: The other week, I got 12 telemarketing calls in one day after 4 p.m.
4: Wow. My buddy started to tell me, he's like, man, he's like, what you got to do is you got to try and sell them shit when they call. So that's what I'm going to try and do now is next time they call, let's try and sell them shit. Like, you know, hey, bro, you need a new fridge? I got an old fridge. <laughs> that's a great
3: sales pitch. Hey, you need a new fridge? I've got an old fridge. Yeah,
4: straight up, man. I'm, I, I need to stop smoking.
3: One time, a buddy of mine, we were, we were living together and we did this whole elaborate skit of how, like, I was killing him, and I pushed him down the stairs. This was all on the phone, like, to the telemarketer. So he's just like, hey, what the hell are you doing? And then I pushed him, and then, like, he, like, threw the phone around, and he's, like, yelling, like, I'm falling down the stairs, like, narrating <laughs> the whole event. That's freaking awesome. And then, awesome, like, man. hung up the phone. And then the dude called back, and then we were just, like, bored of the joke at that point. Yeah, yeah. Was... <laughs> so then the dude calls back, like, hello, sir. So it's just like, stop fucking calling. And then just hung up again, like... <laughs> One time we had a dude who called back angry, and it was so weird because we we would do these pranks to them. I mean, these aren't like super clever pranks. One day, this dude called to tell us to go to some mall, like, oh, there's a grand opening of some shitty mall down the road. We were living in kind of a shitty place. And then my buddy's like, no, uh, (laughs) I don't shop. I'm a Mormon. And then he hung up the phone. And then the dude called back like four hours later looking for my buddy, and he's just like, uh, yeah, I'd like to speak with John the Mormon. I'm like, what? And and, and he's just like, yeah, you think it's funny? You think it's funny? How about I come to your house and throw a brick through your window? and we're just like, what? Jesus, we're just like what the fuck like we're just like what's the what's the name of your fucking supervisor man it's like i don't think it's too professional you <laughs> phoning clients and then threatening to throw a brick through their window like it just it was so funny i would flip the fuck out man. oh of course i mean it's a complete invasion of privacy oh, totally. anyway tell me about your pluto ep
4: oh shit man i i can't believe you you did some research to even have seen that dude that's old. <laughs> I honestly didn't even think people were going to ask me about that EP because it it was so long ago. Um, pretty much I was trying to sound like Def Leppard on that in some parts. It's really hard to tell. Like you'd never know that unless, you know, I told you. <laughs> what I was trying to do was get the bass line kind of sounding like a palm muted guitar through that whole EP. And, uh, it was about space. Pretty sure it was like, yeah, Pluto, Jupiter. Uh, there was Tough as Nails and Nimbus. There wasn't too much meaning behind the songs at that point because that was still in it. Like, I was still just trying to, like, mess around with my sound. That was probably, I think that was my first EP. Okay. I released something before that, but then I scrapped it because I couldn't even listen to it. And uh, I put that out and I was like, felt all right about it. But even then, I'd, I even contemplate taking it down, but I hope some people like it up there.
3: I have highlighted here the actual track Pluto that I enjoyed from that the most. was the deal? Like, were you just naming these things randomly, like, as part of the theme, or were you...
4: Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. Like, as I was making music, like, more projects, like, each project, there was something I'd kind of focus on more, and, like, every day I'm still learning stuff, but at that point, like, I was still, like, really early stages. Like, even though I had FL on my computer for about, like, seven years up to that point, like, I was just a weird, weird producer. Like, I I just do it all for fun. Like, I watched maybe, like, three three or four tutorials, and that EP, I was just... The whole goal was to get my bass sounding like a guitar a a, comedy guitar and uh it was the last track nimbus is when i finally got it sounding like all right like when it kicks in it's like like that's that that was the whole goal of that that uh that album and there there wasn't too much uh depth with the names or the meaning of the names it was just uh, a concept but as uh the projects went on like 1991 after that like that's when when uh I started when I once I found my sound, then I started to incorporate the meaning with it and and from nineteen ninety one on, like, it's more about the meaning for it. So it's it took this turn I found with like producing. Like all my friends started producing and it it started to become like skateboarding or something. Like it was all some kind of friendly competition, like everyone's pushed each other to get better or whatever, but once I started making songs just for me, I think that's when the music kind of got better.
3: So is the track Firebird, is that on 1991?
4: Yeah, that, that's how the 1991 opens up with Firebird. What is CKXU 88.3 FM? Um, that was a radio station we stopped at and just partied at on tour and, and talked about, you know, what we we're doing and who we were. Cause it was, it was, it was actually my first official radio appearance talking on FM radio at swagbot, like i talked once before back in the day under some bullshit fucking alias that i didn't give a shit about but where is that station oh it's in lethbridge it was in the town of lethbridge and uh i don't know it was something like he said approximately like i don't know something like thirty thousand people possibly tuning in
3: you were just in the zone at the time and then just came by like how did they get in touch with you or how did you
4: well we actually got in touch with them because we we're like yeah we're gonna be out there because you know un- unfortunately right now like We're we're a pretty small time, like doing our tours and stuff. So we we're just we're like, yeah, we're in the area. Uh, A friend of ours was in uh, was actually going to school at the school there, the college that the CKXU is located in. Okay, so he actually got us hooked up and got us uh, an interview there. Right. We were like two hours away in uh in Calgary, and we we were just hitting Calgary and Edmonton. And we just figured we might as well go up and hit up Lethbridge if we could and do some do some promotion because mm-hmm. uh, I was dropping the new single "Natural High," and that's that's pretty much what it was all it was you know it was about promoting that. And and my friend also he has a record label, so that that's what it was mostly about. We just wanted to go up there and let people know about what was going on coming up and who we were too. Where did you shoot the? Forest Child video. I don't even know, but I know it's somewhere around Vancouver. But what happened was I was z- zoned out. Like I don't know, I was uh, <laughs> zoned. Is that what the kids are calling it these days? I don't know, man. I don't. I don't really chill with too many kids. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I. Uh, You're quick. I don't know. I was just. I was just pretty much passing out in my buddy's car, and I woke up because we were going to shoot the video. It was just such a, a sporadic day. Like people talk shit about that video, but they don't even know. Like how fucked up that day was it looks good like the
3: lighting's good and stuff and you got to consider like not many people in the scene have actual videos you know what i mean like there's there's very few so
4: totally man no i didn't mean to sound negative there it's just i just that's that's kind of just i i feel, i felt i've out of all the things i've released like i've i've got more people talk about that but like i don't mean to acknowledge that or whatever but i just want to like this is my kind of chance to let you guys know that that day it, the guy that shot that video Benny Zenga like he travels the world and like he works for uh Color Magazine and he, you know he was he was going around like it was just such a A lucky you know opportunity that i got to work with him on that project and like he gave me a shout one day he's like troy i'm free today and i was literally waking up like hung over as hell after parting with my buddy uh for his it was like his birthday or something at his at his place and i'm waking up i'm just like holy shit like i gotta i gotta like get across the entire city get back to my house and then come all the way back downtown meet with this guy then shoot this video and then i'm doing all this i'm coming back on the train i'm just thinking holy shit Like, I don't even have a concept for this video or nothing. I just, so I meet up with him at his warehouse studio that they do all their filming and stuff at. And, you know, he's all positive. And I was just like, yeah, you know, all I got is my EP 1991. I want to pick a song. And he he listened to it and he said, Forest Child's the one we're going to go with. I know where we're going to go. And, you know, I just pretty much puffed back a doobie, jumped in his car and <laughs> passed out, got to this oil refiner or something. I don't even know what that thing was, but he's just like, yeah, he's like, we're gonna get the first shots here. I almost died like three times in the making of the, the film because I was in these like nests with like these fucking black widows, man. It was horrible. It was like in the forest. It was like some of the scariest shit I've ever done because there was this one, uh we didn't end up even using the shot. Oh, no, we did. On the shot when I'm fucking just, it looks like, like I don't even know, I'm just rocking out. Mm. He wanted me down in this, what looked like this spider pit from hell. It was just horrible, man. But it, I guess he got the shot. We have fucking know.
3: black widows in this country?
4: Yeah, man. Black widows in, in fucking BC here. We have recluses. Fuck that shit. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's scary shit. But, you know, I don't. you don't got to think of it. But I, I was sure as fuck thinking of it when I was down in this damn spider pit looking <laughs> fucking thing. And I'm like, you know, I'm terribly afraid of those fucking things and like this guy. And you know what's hilarious is Buddy fucking, we were using GoPros for it and shit. And he's like, you got to get down on your knees and, you know, and do this shot or whatever. So I'm like right down in there and he's just like, oh shit. He's like, I forgot this one light or whatever. He's like, I'll be right back. He had to run. It was like fucking three blocks back to the car and I'm sitting there in this damn spider pit, like <laughs> just it's just, just hell man so
3: how did he get the shots because there's a lot of like the majority of the video is like this sort of tracking shot from underneath you like your legs walking
4: that was something that pretty much pulled it together I'd say
3: did he just have like a GoPro on like a skateboard or something like, like how is he because it's a pretty smooth looking shot so
4: yeah well that's the thing is like <laughs> I almost like I don't I don't not too sure I want to give up his tricks or whatever but like he had uh, a GoPro planted on uh it was like a, a camera stand of some sort and he was just kind of like propping it through underneath my legs there as I was walking and just got a really good shot. Mm -hmm. There's a scene too where the the train tracks are coming down. Another clip where I almost died because the the train tracks are coming down, the train's coming. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding actually. What, What was happening was they were doing tests on the train tracks where they were just, the thing was coming down. Like it was just a bunch like there was no train coming. They were just doing the test on the thing. And and it was just it just was chance. It was like some kind of energy was with us that day because we were just like going around. Like we had no concept for the video like that day.
3: So how did you get hooked up with that dude in the first place?
4: It was one of my first gigs as Swagbot in Vancouver. I got a gig at uh, Tunnel Nightclub. I went down there and it was a complete fucking shit show like the promoter just no one showed up like but the djs it was just sad but the people that were there were there was these these filmers in the back corner and everyone's sitting there like all these djs they're all like they're worrying about fucking who's gonna go first and all that bullshit and i just i went and sat back with these filmer guys and i was talking because they looked like cool dudes and i was just like hey like you guys want to go out and smoke a doobie or some shit like (laughs) you know this is a bunch of bullshit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh we start talking and then he like we're outside and he's like, yeah, well, we you know we're we're shooting the shit about skateboarding. And he's like, you know what, since since we're here, like, why don't we why don't we get some some footage? And then that's actually how I got my my promo video that's on my YouTube. I have like long hair and shit. I don't know if you've seen that, but that's uh that's all film that we filmed that night, the first night we met. And those guys are called the Zanga Bros. If you want to look them up, dot com. They've been all around the world. They've trekked through fucking the desert, dude. Like they went on this, this, uh, bike. It was like a, I think it was like tour to something or whatever. And they were going through, this guy did it. It was like the first time anyone's done it where he went off the path and they trekked right through the desert. And it was like, they risked their lives, but they did it. And they like, they filmed it. It's online. It's, it's some of the most amazing video stuff I've seen has been shot by those guys.
3: So that's kind of cool. So a- as an opportunity, since there weren't that many people there,
4: like they were able to sort of film something cool, like easier. Totally. Like they, they filmed it and it looked sweet. You know, they, they made it look like there was people there and we just made the most of the situation. And, you know, cause all these DJs, like I almost didn't even get a ride home that night. I didn't get paid or nothing. It was bullshit. But the thing is, is we made the most of the situation. And I ended up making some really good friends and we've done some cool stuff together since then and you could go check that video out i forget what it's called i think it's just Swagbot promo video if anyone wants to check that out it's on my youtube it's old but
3: did you do um a remix of a uh, robots with ray guns track
4: yeah I, I remixed i remixed buddy's track a while ago
3: what was that like was that just like a song you liked or how did it come about
4: i was trying to do remixes for him for a while because like I, I really liked his music for a long time like he, he was uh like, he was one of the, one of those first artists that I was getting into back when I was, uh, like, first, discuss, like, my buddy was first showing me stuff like Future Cop and Anorak and stuff like that. And I really liked his music because of the vocal cuts he had. And, uh, every once in a while I'd say, what's up or whatever. But one day, I don't know, one day out of nowhere, it's just, he's, he just said, Hey, you want to remix my song? And I said, fuck yeah. You know, I've been fucking hitting you up for a long time to do remixes. So fucking, of course. Mm-hmm. So I did the remix for the buddy and I, I, I don't know, I just gave it everything I got. It's a weird sound, like even listening to it back, like I kind of forgot about that remix and it, it kind of almost sounds a bit more like, it, it sounds a bit different.
3: How so? You mean like how, how you remember it or just different to your style?
4: Yeah, just different to the style that I've gone with now that I've gone into. Like I listened back to that and it sounds just a bit more like electro-y I find. Like it's got a bit more of uh there's a breakdown in there that pumps me up. It's almost like something that I, I couldn't see myself producing again, but it's cool that I made it.
3: Usually before I do the interviews, I like to sort of scroll through people's Facebooks and stuff to get uh, inspiration. Oh, no. Scrolling through yours was sort of like reading a High Times magazine. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, I sort of got a consistent theme as I was scrolling through it.
4: Yeah, I'm a pothead. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: the truth. Is that like fuel fuel the creative fire or what?
4: Even though, you know, weeds like people say weed's good for you it's not something i recommend but it's just something i've been living like for a long time like i was just i was 11 years old and i was uh, a real passionate skateboarder and i went on the road with intrasport distribution and i smoked my first oil joint when i was like 12 years old and like just it's like since then i was i like i didn't wasn't smoking it religiously at that like young age but like that was my first encounter with it and then uh shortly after around like grade eight grade nine ish you know i just started to just kind of became uh, a regular thing Wait wait you were skating with a company yeah I, I used to be sponsored skateboarder i was uh I went on tour with intrasport distributions back in two thousand five what's that like? Oh it was crazy man oh no, actually, it actually wasn't two thousand and five it was what am I saying it was two thousand fucking two it's two thousand two. It was that long ago.
3: And how did that work? Like, how did you hook up with those people? I mean, do you, do you still skate now or?
4: Yeah, I still skateboard like a little bit, but like to be honest, like I don't do the nearly any of the big tricks I used to, but like I could still, you know, I could still like shred like a, like a half pipe and stuff like that. But um back then, like I was just, that was my passion. I don't know, skateboarding and art. Like I was, I was a passionate skateboarder. Like when I first, you know, that was my first kind of art that I was into and then I got into graffitiing, but I was, I was horrible at graffiti, but you know what? I don't know. Skateboarding is just something in Calgary that I just really tried hard at. And I think it was just like meeting the right person. Like there was a guy at a, at a local skate park one day and he, he worked for Intersport distributions and like they, they dealt with vision streetwear. Like I, so that so I was sponsored through vision streetwear and scarecrow and, uh, status skateboards, like dna there the cool thing about the the distribution was you you got to pick because it was like a factory and you got to pick your sponsors and it was like it was really like it was a dream come true at the time straight up even though i wasn't getting paid or nothing like to be like a young kid and like get free skateboards and shit and it was kind
3: of surreal that's how the sponsorship works then right like you they they just give you like skateboards and stuff
4: yeah totally man and then every summer then they take you out through the okanagan on a tour And the first tour I wasn't able to go on because I was too young. I was, uh, I was like, I think I was 11. Mm -hmm. And my parents, like, I went on the tour, but I, I had to go with my parents because they didn't trust me going, going like with the managers and all of them because like, they were, they were like party kind of guys. And even thinking back now, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, who the hell would let a 12 year old kid smoke a joint? Like, what pieces of shit? You know, like, it pisses (laughs) me off.
3: Well, it's true, I mean, that's the thing, like, I, uh... Like, I don't do anything anymore, I did when I was young, and, uh, you know, I've met a few people who maybe smoked when they were a little too young, and it, as much as people who are, like, hardcore, like, potheads, like to talk about it like it is a fucking miracle drug yeah um totally. it
4: is still a drug and it, it is it still is. like i i don't deny that it's super dangerous in uh in in those kind of years too and in, in those you know in adolescence and shit you're not you know it, it is dangerous yeah because
3: there's definitely I've, I've definitely encountered some people who are like you know out there yeah <laughs> and it is because yeah if you, if you do too much of it at too young of an age when your brain is still sort of forming
4: yeah it's forming straight up but yeah, but pretty much uh, it was just like a choice or whatever. And uh, like like I said, the first the first tour I didn't go on it, but I like I went on it and skated the parks, but I wasn't like there alone. But then I, when I was 12 years old, that's when my parents let me go on the road, and that that's when it pretty much troy Ounce. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about
3: uh, the newest. I think as of right now, the newest single you just released, the uh, natural high.
4: Man. Fuck, I worked on that damn mix down for no joke a year. Like, I, (laughs) I produced the actual song, and it was this time last year it was done. I just kept working on the mix down to get it sounding cleaner and cleaner and cleaner and just because i wanted it to really like that quality to be there mm-hmm. i felt like in, in my other productions like i've had a lot of people tell me that you know that the the substance is there but like i do need to to work on the mix down side of it and like just get the mix down a bit cleaner mm-hmm. i just worked on that for a year and it just i don't know natural high and it's also like the meaning natural high i just kind of I've been myself, I've been, uh, holding back on drugs and stuff for quite some time. So I've been, I just kind of, it's a mind state and I just released that track and I want to just like natural high, like, I don't know there's you get natural highs from a lot of things you know like just like you even the other day i i, I just bombed a hill on my skateboard and like got a natural high so i don't know it's just kind of like you know live life you don't need drugs to have fun that's kind of the message of it
3: yeah just stand in a room and spin in circles that's it. What- <laughs> yeah straight
4: up get a natural high but you know what it could be bad too kids could just think oh natural high and then fucking start huffing jank or some bullshit <laughs>
3: I can't believe there's a word for that.
4: I know I seen that shit like years ago, and I still I can't. believe <laughs> No that. pun
3: intended. That
4: you got any other stuff uh, going on? Yeah. Oh, I got a collab with uh, Block Monster that just just uh, dropped. Uh, Block Monster's uh, famous underground rapper in Germany. Mm. He's worked with Ice T. He's he's had uh, songs chart in in his country in top forty. And uh, he's putting together a huge remix album of an album that he already has, but he's remixing it in 80s synthwave style. Okay. And there's going to be a bunch of people on there. You know, I don't want to reveal too much about the guy's project, but that's a huge thing that I'm really excited about. And uh, my free EP that I just dropped, Frozen in Time, I, uh, I'm, I'm excited about that as well. To give that out to people. How many
3: tracks is that?
4: It's a five-song EP, and uh, I just dropped it March 26th.
3: Do you have, like, a favorite track on it?
4: It's kind of weird, like, because each one, there's, like... Like like I was telling you earlier before, like, how it's kind of like the Pluto. Like, back then, like, the, the music didn't really have too much meaning. But now it's kind of like, there's a lot of meaning behind it. And it's hard to pick one song out of them, but... Uh, I'd probably say rock and roll up probably is like my favorite. What I did in it is it's a, it's a line I've conquered that I've tried to get this rhythm of like a galloping metal baseline, mm. you know, like, like Slayer or something like this. Kind of more on the rock side than on the, the electronic dance side. Like it's, I, I wouldn't call this new EP dance music. Like I'm trying to like, it's like an experimental, I don't know. I listened to a lot of like metal hardcore music, like screamo and shit when I was growing up and I'm trying to bring that back in my music. Right, right, right. It's weird stuff, but I hope, you know, I hope people like it. we've been pretty much talking for an hour dude yeah man it's been been fun
3: cool man well i don't know is there anything else you want to say or
4: just well thanks for having me on your show man i want to give uh give shouts out to dreamwave dave kid flash Shaw baby from bon viviant music french house block monster and arcade high as well as uh god level you winners
3: were these people that uh helped you out or these are
4: all people that have helped me in uh yeah in in the journey in many ways they're you know through support or, or through, you know, sharing art, mastering or graphics. They're, they're all helping me in, in some way. And um, I'm really thankful and appreciative of, of everybody, of the support in the scene. Yeah. Awesome, dude. Well, it was uh, it was good talking to you. Well, it was great talking to you, too, man. I'm, I'm glad I got a few laughs out of you, too. A few, <laughs> few chuckles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a natural high, man. Nice, dude. Well, that's what it's all about, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Alrighty, and that was SwagBot. Uh, We had a fun talk. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you enjoyed the rest of the show. I hope you enjoy the show in general. Otherwise, why the fuck are you listening? (laughs) If If you're sitting there and you hate this and you're listening to this, I do not understand you at all. I don't get it. I'm Andy Last on Twitter. Please follow me. The Facebook. Please like the Facebook. Beyond Synth Facebook page. It's always nice when people like it. What else? Um, Oh, I'd like to thank He Mantis uh, again. uh, As you all know... A gentleman by the name of He Mantis uh, helps out by listening to the episodes and doing the episode write-ups on the beyondsynth.com website, as well as doing the artist links and stuff like that, which really saves me some time and is incredibly helpful. So thanks again, He Mantis. And I think uh, he'll actually be on the show at some point because he is working on some exciting projects, which I'm sure you will all be very excited to hear what those are. As I am, because I don't actually know what it is. (laughs) He hinted at it the other day, and I don't know what he's talking about. But I'm sure it's going to be good, and uh, that's pretty much it. So thank you for listening to the show. Um, I'm going to be going on a little hiatus, uh, planned hiatus, for uh, not long. Uh, Just I have all these side projects. I I really want to focus on the podcast more than I have been lately. Um... Quite frankly, I really hope to release more episodes this season than I have. So I want to get on on task to do as many uh, this season as we did last season. We. Um, so I'm going to be taking a break, finishing off some side projects, then coming back strong because I've got some great uh, interviews lined up and uh, some, some cool artists that I know you guys are going to want to hear what they have to say. So that's going to be awesome. Thanks for listening to Beyond Synth and good night. I now end the show by saying good night.